Yeah. Dude, actually on the starting line, I'm like, dude, if I don't pull this off, Kenny and Corey are going to be ready to kill me. I'm like, <laughs> I have to win. Like, there's no other option right here. So I'm like, uh, it was kind of like a life or death situation. Like, I got to win this one. <laughs> Episode 134, Tank Slapping Podcast, Devil's Bowl Rewind. So let's let's bring on the co-host. He's been he's been dude, you've been filling in good, man. I, I think you're like our permanent guy. It's Eric Harley. What's up, dude? Hey, what's up? Not much. Just uh hanging out here in the old Pacific Northwest. Yeah, good to have you on. I don't know. I haven't even talked to Robbie Bobby lately. I think he's just so busy being a team manager or something, man. So we'll uh we'll keep this going. You've been getting positive Yelp reviews on your uh your co-hosting abilities. So don't, you know, don't don't change what works, I guess, right? So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. All right. Yeah, we'll go with that. You got a lot of fans out there, man. So they want to hear they want to hear the insight from from Eric Harley, but dude, stoked to have you on. Neither one of us were at Devil's Bowl. We'll talk about that throughout the show. But I watched every bit of the actions. Uh, I've been at that track, 2020. Got a lot of insight from the riders. I was getting text messages all day. So we we do have a lot of really good insight. Actually, it might be better that we just watched it. Or for me, it felt like I see more watching it than if I'm. If I'm in the pits, like I'm trying to think there's been a, a couple really big, like the Daytona incident with Lewis and Sammy. I didn't even know that happened until, until I like the next morning, I had no idea. So you miss a lot of things when you're actually there, when you can watch it on the screen, you see a lot more, but I want to make sure we sh- shout out our title sponsor of the podcast week in and week out. Actually, we've been doing about two, two podcasts a week. So appreciate mission foods for coming on board. Stoked to have them supporting our podcast. If you can support them, check out their products, local grocery store. If you can't get them there, buy them online. Take the extra time. Support those who support us. Really, really good products. I actually saw Mr. G, Mr. Wand from uh, Mission Foods CEO at, uh, I was at Moto America over the weekend, Road Atlanta. He was actually there. So I got to hang out and talk with him quite a bit. Uh, we really, really appreciate Mission Foods and all they do for our all, f- all for our sport, man. So, what are your thoughts, dude? What do you wanna What do you wanna talk about first? Kind of talk about the track, and then we'll get into the action. Uh, I want to talk about Cody and Max. Cody and Max, yeah, yeah. We'll definitely get into that. That was uh, that was interesting <laughs> as well. I'm like, what the fuck did I just watch? I'm not gonna lie. I had a beer, a beer or two at that point, and I, I was like, oh, <laughs> okay, so. Yeah. yeah, there's there is actually a lot of really interesting stuff that we'll get into throughout the races. I want to talk about the track first. What do you think of that place, yeah. man? As far as a fan, like, do you do you was it fun to watch? Do you prefer? Yeah, no, it was definitely fun to watch. Um, it's a it's a World of Outlaws track. Um, very common to see the the backstretch on a different elevation like that. Um. You know, there, it's definitely got some technical elements, that front stretch. We remember that from 2020. Um, you know, it definitely had some sparks flying this year as well. Um, I don't feel like there was as many riders going down as there was in 2020. So I think they were able to apply their trade a little bit better this year. 
having already been there a couple of years ago. Um, but uh, I, by and large, I thought that the track was fun. There was a lot of great racing. Um, you know, they, you know, American flat track got a, uh, you know, kind of a, a mid grade for uh, Arizona, but I think they are back on track with another great round. Yeah. And I was going to ask you, if you prefer as a fan, do you prefer watching Texas motor speedway or do you prefer devil's bowl? Devil's bowl. Absolutely. Yeah. No really? devil's bowl has got a much better, um, you know, fan aspect to it. You know, if you're sitting in the stands, you can see the whole track easily. Cause again, it's on the, um, it's on that elevation like that. There's a lot of great racing coming out of three and four. Cause you know, you're on the down slope. Um, so I think from a fan's perspective, um, it's it's a much better facility. I'm also not really a big fan of the Motor Speedway um, NASCAR parking lot type tracks, but that's just uh, my opinion. Okay, yeah, I mean, as a rider, I I mean, maybe I'm I'm probably really biased because I I've both races we've my computer's going crazy. Uh, both races we've done at Texas Motor Speedway, I've actually. I've won both those races. So I was always like, yeah, let's go back, you know, but it's, I, I think for the racing, the, the racing's definitely better at devil's bowl. There's multiple lines. Like I mentioned, I raced here in 2020. It was like the COVID year and we had a double header. It was a really weird track for me. I did not like the wall coming on the front stretch off turn four. I, I was able to navigate it fine myself, but I didn't like it for like the other riders that hit it. B-Rob, I think, broke his foot. It was definitely a a really weird, really weird corner, I guess I'll say. The track is very unique. You don't see many tracks like that, I guess. Uh, I thought the dirt was really weird. It looked It looked unpredictable watching it from my computer screen. I had, I had Trent texting me and... I had obviously my my team riders, James Ott, Chad Coase. I had Cody Kopp I was texting a little bit. He had a question or two. Uh, Shayna, you know, actually, I think I reached out to Cody on my own. I'm like, dude, you need to get it going. So, uh, yeah, I was texting with with some riders, and I I didn't – it was hard to give them advice on where to ride the track because it just changed so much throughout the day. And it was unpredictable for me, man. I was spun out trying to give them any sort of advice on where to go because you just saw so many different lines work. And we'll talk about that throughout the podcast, but it was really technical. It didn't look rough from the screens, but apparently there was some really choppy sections on the bottom of the track. There was a lot of rain. I think rain came in on Thursday. It was, it rained so much. They had to delay the load in. So yeah, it was just a really weird, really weird technical track. So with that being said, man, let's get into the singles. So for the singles qualifying, Trent set fast time, which he already did that at Sonoya, and then he shit the bed. So after that, we don't get too excited over qualifying, but it really set the tone for the rest of the rest of the evening, uh, I think, with his qualifying time. Yep. No, I think uh, I... And again, I'm not a wizard with bike setups, but for some reason, maybe it's just because, you know, they were in Texas and, you know, Alams and all the Hondas, but the Hondas did uh, pretty well from the get go. Um, and obviously we'll get into the results, but it was good to see uh, those guys up front right from the get go. Yeah. And then uh, I think like Chase, I went back and watched that 
that heat race and he he kind of kicked their asses i mean it was uh i think trent was in that heat race at chase one and i think he checked out if i remember correctly he checked out and won and then michler won the other one michler's been off a little bit this year he just hasn't been in the mix like we've seen as a guy who finished third in the points for a couple years he just yeah. hasn't been in the mix so he's really stepped it up we'll talk about the dash first i thought that was obviously maybe i'm biased once again but i thought that was really cool for chad on the husqvarna versus three three turner bikes to uh go out there and and win the dash it was it was pretty cool to see uh, a little bit of an underdog as well because you know, they were in Texas with Al Lamb. He he supports the Dash for Cash. Three Hondas were in it, and then Chad on the Husky won it. So Chad's good for that, man. He's good to sneak yeah, in there was... and, and win this shit. So yeah, that's a good Chad Co storyline right there. Like that just fits him, uh ruining the party like that. That was that was really cool to see. Yeah, and then they gave the mic to uh Eric Hoyt, our team owner, and he like didn't know what to do with his hands, sort of thing. He was like, didn't know what to say. I'm like, all right, get Eric off the mic. So no, it was uh, a couple of weeks ago on a podcast, you were talking about uh getting uh Eric away from the mic whenever uh you guys are on the speakers around racetrack. So that's that's what I thought about when they gave him the mic. I was like, Oh, here we go. I know when when Kristen she was like get over here, Eric, get, let's do an interview. I'm like, Oh, this will be fucking good. Just, he's just a really funny guy and he doesn't really like being on camera too much, but he was just overly excited. I mean, the amount of work we've put in amount of money Eric spent to, to go this Husky route. I mean, it was a big move to, to go with Husqvarna because nobody else has these bikes and the, it's a completely, completely different Husky this year than prior years. So development has been really hard. There's no notes. We're we're just it's been really hard to go that direction. And Eric's a big, he's big on these huskies for whatever reason. They don't offer us any support. Um, and we're just getting trying to figure it out quick on the spot. And it was it was cool to see Chad get that win. Um, but yeah, going into the main, I didn't know, I didn't know what to expect. Honestly, going into this weekend. And even Sonoya, like Trent, as like I mentioned on previous rewind shows, how good he's been riding this off season and the amount of work he's put in and the improvements that I see from him every single off season, I thought he was a shoe in to win Sonoya. And then he, like I said, he kind of shit the bed a little bit. He just didn't have the performance I thought he was going to have. And we're going to have Trent come on here in a little bit. Um, actually Jared Meese is going to call in first. He was our twins winner. So we might be bouncing around a little bit, um, but yeah, I didn't going into this main Eric, I didn't know what to expect, but I was real confident that the Hondas were going to be up front. And sure enough, we had a one, two, three finish and we'll, we'll run through the, we'll run through the results, but yeah, Trent Lowe with the win, first win of his career, long time coming. You know, I, I think this could open the floodgates. I mean, he's, he's really down in points right now. He's had a couple issues he had an illegal rear wheel at daytona he had a crash really bad underrated crash at the, the super tt or the non-super tt i forget what we call it anymore um the arizona tt and he's pretty far back in the points but that makes him kind of has nothing to lose you know i talked to him on the phone i'm like you just need to go out and and try to win more of these races. It's really fun when you win, right? Like, so it was, it was cool to see that emotion for, for anybody's first win, but obviously somebody that I've worked with for years and years and years, it's, uh, 
fuck, man, we've, we've put in a lot of hard work and a lot of me and him, like a lot of arguments. And it's just, uh, it's cool that it finally pays off for him to get his first win. Yeah, no, that's definitely cool to see. You could say, I mean, like leading up to it, he's always been a writer that's up front, but there's just one thing here, one thing there that doesn't go his way. Um, and it causes him to shuffle back. And I think that leads into, uh, second place chase, I think, um, early on in the race, go back to how his, his heat race performance was, um, it was his race to win. And I think he just kind of got shuffled up in that battle and had to settle in for second, but, um, you know, you're not going to win every race and you got a lot to learn. So I think uh, it's just one of those where it's like, all right, you're getting up there now. So he'll get that win too. Yeah, certainly. I think, you know, I, I thought Chase had a really good shot to win it as well. And, and as the race unfolded, Trent, he was making that high line work and man, they were up there. And I actually first saw it in the heat race with Shayna. I mean, she moved up there and she really made a strong late race charge in her heat race. I think she got four. She passed Max Whale, and I think one more corner, she might've had Cody. So I think the riders might've seen that. I think in the dash, they moved up there a little bit. The dash was chaotic, but yeah, Chase, Chase was kind of running a lower line a lot. He was kind of experimenting a little bit yeah. more, but for him to get a second and then Mishler rounding out the podium, I mentioned he's been kind of struggling a little bit. And I mean, for them to go one, two, three, it's a cool, it's a cool moment for Mike Turner and, and his team. He's that guy's super passionate. He, he puts a lot into this and for them to have a team podium, that's super, super cool, man. I, I thought, I thought they all rode re really well. And then, you know, I think the Honda, like you could look and see, oh, well, the Hondas have been struggling all year, but they did really well there watching the race it really looked like a point and shoot track with the, with how rough it was on the bottom and how like long they were making the straightaway running that high line off turn two. It's no secret. Those bikes have a lot of power and yeah. it, with the track being inconsistent, I think everybody was spinning or, you know, sometimes those Hondas seem like they spin a little bit when the track gets slick, but everybody was spinning because of just the way the dirt was. So I actually think having, having that, that, that power, that Bigelow power, that, that platform, it actually was a benefit. Um, cause really nobody, nobody was close in that main nope. until the very end. Cody cop kind of started charging up a little bit, but yeah, top three. I think what exactly what you said and it, with the point and shoot and kind of higher line, all of that leads towards Morgan's, uh, you know, wheelhouse. he's known for going high, wide and handsome and sending it. And I think this was just a track where everything, um, you know, put it in his favor and it's good to see him back up in the mix. Yeah. And then Cody cop, like I said, he was struggling and I really like Cody. I have no, no like formal, you know, I don't, I'm not his rider coach formally. His, his dad, Joe does a really good job, but stuff that I see, like, I really, I really like Cody. He's somebody that I've been watching for a long time and he was struggling. And I was just like, dude, get it together. Like, come on, man. So he's all, he, he's a gamer though. The kid always figures it out. He rides hard. He's smart. And he does what champions do on your bad, bad days. He managed a fourth. And I'm sure a lot of his competitors didn't want to see that with, with how he was struggling early on. And then Max whale max with the fifth, kind of a quiet night for max. He got fifth in the heat fifth in the main, um, 
a track I thought he would have maybe done a little better at. I, you know, fit like I said, fifth isn't bad. We're we're pulling hairs here, but it's uh, you know, when your championship contender and your teammate finishes right ahead of you, it's I'm sure he was a little bummed with with the fifth, but. Yeah, I guess we'll talk about the we we mentioned it briefly, but they come off the the track on the cooldown lap, and Cody went to give Cody and Trent are friends, and they went to give like knuckles, and like I don't know how the fuck that even happened, but they r- ran into each other, and Cody almost fell, and and then Max ended up falling down. Man, I was like, it's kind of weird. Yeah, I felt bad for him. I was like, oh no, but they both got up and all's good. <laughs> Fillmore, Fillmore's losing it back in the pits. Like both factory KTM guys are running into each other on the cooldown lap. So honestly, man, I think Max was a little mad about it. I, I, I don't know. I don't know much insider besides I saw his Facebook or Instagram post and he hashtag gloves are off. So I don't know if that was directed toward Cody or just the fact that he got fifth but i i haven't talked to max but yeah maybe things are getting spicy over there maybe there's some i mean like it's hard to to have be teammates with the guy trying to take food off your plate and both these guys are championship contenders so it wouldn't surprise me at all but yeah i just uh, thought that was interesting so yeah very reminiscent of Mies and uh briar you know they're teammates and got along and then you know gloves had to come off and yeah so i i wouldn't doubt, wouldn't doubt it. When Max, uh, he hashtag gloves are off. I was going to comment and say, I think it's an AFT rule that you actually have to have your gloves on. So, um, Big but I, 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 I didn't, I didn't think it was the place to, to say it, but, uh, yeah, no, it was uh solid, solid two top fives for those guys. I think they didn't lose any points in the championship, but they also didn't gain any when you finish fourth and fifth, I think it's one point difference between Cody and Max. So it's, it's kind of just like a, it's not nothing important happened for those two as far as the, them battling for a championship with each other. Uh, going down the list, Trevor Bruner, another track I thought he would do really well on. And sixth, it's not bad. I mean, he didn't lose to anybody slow. It's just the class is stacked. But he was quite a bit off of Max and Cody. I think he was four and a half seconds back, 4.4, 4.4 seconds back. And then uh, Gautier, he was a little off all day. I thought he would have been better on this track. He's a really smooth throttle control type of rider. And I, I, I didn't talk to Dalton or anybody. Like I said, Robbie hasn't called me in, I don't know, a couple of weeks. He's, he'll text me something, something stupid every once in a while, but I haven't talked to Robbie. So I don't know what happened, but he was just a little off, man. And he ended up finishing seventh. Yep. No, I, it was just one of those days you could tell by his demeanor and, his uh his posts and stuff that he just wasn't feeling it and you know you're not gonna feel it every weekend so yep yep so a seventh isn't like i said it's it's good for him cody didn't finish in the top three because the point the points start to like the gap is higher for obviously it's higher but you finish higher up it's fourth to seventh i you know it's three points it's not really yeah they're still i think they were one point away coming into this and now they're uh four points away from each other so yeah he didn't lose much so it's good for him that cody and max you know his championship guys they all had kind of rough days as well uh chad coast a little bumped with that after winning the dash i was thinking we had a really good shot at a top five but eighth isn't horrific like i said we're trying to figure out this bike and set up 
things like that. I talked to Chad for about an hour the morning after just trying to figure some things out. I mean, he, he's been known to fade in these races and he said he felt pretty good. It really wasn't an issue as far as that goes, but just, um, just didn't have that speed he needed. Shana came, man, Shana looked good. Um, I know these results don't show how, how good she's actually looked, but in her heat race and even in the main event, like she was right around the top five charging and she hit, she hit a really big hole in turn one. And they mentioned it on the broadcast. They're like, Whoa, somebody's stepping off the bike. And I can immediately see who it was. And I'm like, Oh shit, that was Shana. And then they kind of panned off the panned off of it. And I was like, man, she might've went down. Um, she didn't go down, but she lost a few spots and kind of lost her momentum there. And she finished ninth. Nope. She's doing, I think, but I think if you asked her, she might say that she's doing better than she thought she would at this point. Uh, I, my, my own, uh, guesstimation, she's doing a lot better. And I said it earlier in a podcast where like, she's already clicking with this bike and, you know, arguably the hardest, most competitive class. So when this turns around and gets onto a track that, you know, she's going to go well, like the bigger tracks, hold on because she's going to get her points there so it's it's exciting to see yeah tom drain he's been navigating these new tracks i expected this i just i just knew it'd be really challenging for him to come over here and and just learn all these new tracks learn the new bike learn you know just being over here consistently this first year i think a lot of people expected we're putting too much pressure on him because he did so well at lima he was doing so well at springfield but man mm -hmm. he's just he's got to learn these tracks he's got to learn the bike he's got to learn america i mean he doesn't have a lot of time here in general so there's a lot of things he's he's working through and he's going to get better and better he's super talented we know he's talented we know he's on a good bike i don't know if he has a two-year deal i'd have to look and see um i think this is a really good learning year for him i think next year he's gonna he's gonna be up there in the mix but this is just kind of what I days like this, you know, it's just, I kind of figured this would happen, but if your worst day is a 10th, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's going to be all right. There's no panic. I'm sure no panic there from Tommy Hayden and the essence and guys from, uh, from Tom drain. And then going through the list, we have, uh, Bruce Evans. Again, we talk about him. He's a solid rider. His racecraft is unpredictable. Like sometimes he'll qualify top, top B and then he really struggles. So, his, you know, 11th, not bad at all. Terrence Santero, California kid. He's actually been pretty impressive. Uh, certain times that I've watched him ride, he's he's done a really good job. And then Travis Petten, he's, too. that guy's pretty good, too. Like, he, I've, yeah. you know, qualifying, he's always good for, like, a top 10 qualifier, so. Yeah, he does start the days really well. Yeah, so another, another rider for California, 13th. Dan Bromley, he took a provisional to get in. He was, I think he had a bike issue in the LCQ, yep. but he really hasn't had the speed in the 450 class these first few rounds, which is kind of surprising. No. I thought they'd be, they'd be a lot better. Um, I've mentioned it's really hard to switch from a twin to a single. And yeah, it's one of those things that I, he was in seventh in the LCQ before he had the issue. And I don't know what happened, but <laughs> He ended up taking a provisional. He got in, but he really just didn't move forward. Um, Do you, um, in the broadcast, they were talking about um, there was a race. It might have been last year or the year before where he rode all three classes. And I 
I wasn't sold that what they said was the right answer. Do you know which round that was when he rode all three uh, classes? I'm trying to think because he rode for sure like production twins. I don't think he rode a single last year. Yeah, I don't know. No, I think he... They mentioned it, so... No, I don't think he did. I think he was... I think he was just... I mean, I'm sure he'll correct me or someone from his camp, but I, I don't think he did. I think he... Okay. He would probably fuck. He'd ride BTR if he could. Um, he likes the race. He likes the race. Yeah. That kid likes the race. I'll, I'll definitely say that, but yeah, yeah he when just said that. I was like, that's insane. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll talk about him on the twin. He he was really impressive on the twin, but on the single, he just kind of struggled. I mean, he's 15 seconds off the lead. Uh, just didn't have, just didn't have the lap times all day. Um, after him, we have our first triple digit number. Yeah. In. I was really surprised with Clark. I didn't peg him to be in this main event. Um, he's a really good short tracker and he does well. He doesn't have a lot of half mile clay, half mile experience. I guess I'd say he's good on cushions, but for him to uh, he looked really good in that LCQ for him to get in there, get 15th, Justin Jones, 16th, Logan Eisenhardt. He snuck in there another triple digit. Um, he got a few points in that main event as well. I think he's a leading rookie of the year. He's a Pennsylvania kid. So so good for him. James Ott, he threw a chain, which was a bummer. James looked really good in the second qualifier. He was actually fast, fast time in that second qualifier. Um, he threw a chain and Andrew Luker threw a chain. He finished 19th. So I don't know what about the track that had guys throwing chains, but I think they both threw them on the back straightaway, I think is what I read or I talked to Paul. So Maybe yeah. it was the elevation gain on, you know, and they're throttling out on the elevation gain too. It's just a bit much for the the chain, but yeah, we'll never know. We'll never know. We're not uh the tech tech side of it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. It's it's kind of weird though. It was I mean, you see guys losing chains on cushion tracks and things like that, but for two riders on a four fifty to lose yeah. lose chains, I mean that's it's kind of weird. It's yeah, it's definitely weird. But no, overall Really good race, dicey. The try, the racing was fun. The Honda boys were three wide for a little bit. You know that dynamic of racing your teammate is probably weird. I've never been in that situation where I've had a teammate under my truck where I had to kind of, you know, be mindful of. I personally wouldn't give a shit. Um, <laughs> me personally, <laughs> but I I know the three kids. You know, I call them kids, but. Trent, Chase, and and Merg, they're all really respectful, nice kids. I'm not saying I'm not respectful, but I'm not. I mean, I I'll, I'll take I your am. lunch money quick. Um, so these the the guys they have on their team, they're all they're all mindful of one another. No, nothing stupid. Although I did call Trent out because in the heat race, he totally sliced off Mishler's front wheel. Um, <laughs> I think yeah, it was the yeah. heat race. It was bad. Like I, I was like, bro, I, you got to go say something to Merg, like you fucked him bad. And yeah. he's like, yeah, I know that was my fault. You know, I, 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 I don't know. He didn't give me an explanation. He just sliced his front wheel. Or maybe it was the dash. I think it was the dash. Yeah. yeah I, I don't was... know which one it was, but I remember seeing it being like, Oh, okay. Trent's yeah. after it today. He's after yeah. It. I think it was the dash. Yeah, it was. Cause then Chad got the whole shot. It was hard to predict where to start. I mean, it seemed like riders were getting, it was inconsistent. Like usually, you know, top or bottom, but it was, it was really inconsistent with where to pick on the starting line. And, and well, you know, uh, on the flip side of that, you got to think like from a fan standpoint, that unpredictable uh, aspect to it made it really enjoyable to watch. 
Um, you know, that's a, it's probably very frustrating at this level to not have that predictable aspect, but it, you know, you never know who was going to go wide. You never knew who was going to dive low and, you know, block pass and stuff like that. So it made, it did, it made for some enjoyable entertainment for sure. Yeah. I mean, overall though, I think good, clean racing, right? I mean, I didn't see anything. Yeah. It's hard to see in the back of the pack. I mean, the back of the pack, a lot of shit happens. You, you don't normally see, but I think it was overall pretty, pretty good, clean racing from, from the singles riders. And we're waiting for actually Meese just texted me. He's going to come on at, uh, after Trent, I just told Trent, I was like, you need to, you need to call in. So we'll, we'll wait for Trent to come on. Um, what can we talk about in the meantime? I don't think I want to go to the twins yet. Um, we can go we to can, uh, the, the BTR. We could do BTR. We could talk about the points real quick. Uh, and then we'll move to BTR yeah. while we wait for Trent to figure out how to call in. <laughs> it might be a challenge for him. Um, <laughs> <I'm just messing. laughs> uh, so Cody cops got four points on Dalton. Uh, I'm pretty bad at math. Just looking here. It looks like uh, Max whale is uh, eight points behind Dalton. Trevor 78 chase is 76. I mean, it's, it's kind of close. It's closer than it was last year. Right. So it's, yeah. I would say, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it gets tougher for Trent. He's got 57. Cody's got 102 so that it's getting tougher back there, but Trent just won. And it, like, I know firsthand, if you, if you rack off some of these wins, like say Trent gets two more wins, he's the, the points tighten up really quick for riders that win races. Like this series is heavily rewarded on riders that win, you know, the points gap from first to second this year is four, four points. And then back to third, it's another three. So yeah, winning races takes care of things for sure, but it's going to be tough for anybody outside of the top five to make up ground with his, you know, with his, you know, bigger, you know, he's taller, you've got, a set, uh, the top five has really solidified themselves. He needs to perform in Ventura um, because the miles are coming up. And uh, we know the Hondas go well on big tracks, but he's taller. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But um, yeah, it's getting it's getting uh, to crunch time if he wants to keep himself in that points race. And it's funny to say that after, what, five rounds, but, you know, the top five guys are starting to really break away. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think the Honda guys are worried at all about the miles. I think they're going to be really strong. I think they're in a good spot. I don't good. see on here. It doesn't, the point standings, it's showing round six is Sacramento, but that's obviously not true because Ventura is next on the schedule. And then we have yeah. Sacramento, Red Mile, DeCoin Mile. I mean, these next four races, he could win or pote. Trent could he could be top yeah. three every one of these races with the package they have. And he's a good short tracker. I mean, if he, yeah, it's a lot can happen here in these next, next three, four rounds. If we're going to see a very different points dynamic, I think going into it. So, um, with that being said, we'll, we'll get Trent. He's on the line right now. I think he's on the line. Trent, you, uh, you good. Yeah. Chief, I'm in. Well, congrats, man. I know I've texted you and things of that nature, but uh, has it sunk in that you finally won your first AFT race? Yeah, it's sunk in. 
uh, while driving home. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I got to keep doing it over and over again now. So uh, I've been in a hole, been stuck in a hole at the at the back of the pack. So I got to do it over. Yeah, for sure. No, it's. I mean, it was a cool dynamic to see the the podium finish and things like that. Does that go through your mind much? We were just talking about it. Does that, like, when you're racing with guys your teammates with, would you prefer to race like not your teammates, or would, or does that kind of smooth things over, kind of water down the intensity? Like, how how does that go through your mind personally when you're in that battle, especially for your first win? I mean yeah you know it's it's something that's got to cross your mind uh yeah i definitely uh didn't want to get too aggressive with them like nervous to knock them down um because then then that starts a big thing in the in the pit area so i didn't want to do that but i also i also wanted to win bad enough to i really didn't care about anyone else so so with that what happened uh when uh was we were talking about it earlier in the uh, dash for cash where you kind of chopped down low. Did you uh, did you happen to go over and say, "Hey, sorry, man," or was he, you know, was it all cool? Like that that dynamic of when you're, you know, it's it's just racing. But um, how does that how does that work when you're back in the pits, um, you, you know, racing with your own teammates? Just kind of walk us through the, that. Yeah, I mean, that was uh, definitely not what I wanted to do, but I, I definitely I told him that I was. Like, sorry about that. I did not mean to, um, which I would do to pretty much anyone like in the pit area. Like I would not, I would tell anyone that I'm sorry for something like that. But um, I mean, it is racing. So like, it's just, I, I guess for my own sake, I, I, I'd apologize for something like that. To yeah. anyone. Okay, cool. So you're pretty far down here in the points, man. I mean, we've talked about it. You've had some bad races and things like that. What is this win? Like, how does this set you up for your points outlook? I mean, are you, are you looking at points right now? I mean, where, where is your, is your mindset right now? Cause obviously we see it from not so much Cody, but Dalton, like he'll talk about the points, every post and, and things like that. So, you know, these guys are, they're, they're thinking heavily about the points, every race, where are you at with your mindset as far as the points go? Um, I could honestly care less about the points really. Like it's so early in the season, like it doesn't really matter yet. So, um, I just want to keep winning races now. Like that's, if I just keep doing good at races, like that, that whole part of the points thing will play out. So I've, I've been, as soon as, uh, Corey told me that you were going to be on the podcast and we were, you know, talking with you after your win, you know, these last few podcasts, I've made it quite clear that your brother is probably one of the funniest people in the pits. And I've got to ask this, like, what was the interaction between you two after you got that win? Like, you know, just his like dry sense of humor. I can only imagine that being a pretty funny interaction. So yeah, what, 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 uh, what did your brother say whenever uh, you guys got to talk? No, like right away. First thing he says is, dude, you about crashed on the back straightaway. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> is your is your phone on speaker i'm a little disappointed in your in your uh audio quality right now 
my quality is it not sounding great no are you on are you on speaker or, or you have airpod airpods in or what are you pulling an evan renshaw and fucking having airpods in or what do you what's up with your audio uh i had you on speaker take me off speaker and go somewhere where it's like clear you're you, you sound like you're in a tunnel right now ladies and gentlemen this is what it's like to have Corey texture as your writer coach <laughs> like what the hell bro <laughs> does this sound better now yeah, it sounds way better. Golly, dude, get it together. Um, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> what did you <laughs> did? Uh, you got back to the pit, and obviously, you just won your first race. What's? It's cool when you win, right? Like, it's it's just a cool feeling. Like, you're you get way more text messages when you win than if you don't win. I mean, I there's days where I would finish third, and I I'd, I'd get no text messages, literally fucking zero. And then you win, and you get. 80 text messages. It's, it's such a cool feeling. Like, did your, was your phone blowing up? Yeah. Phone was definitely blowing up. Like, um, I had my phone like pretty much right after podium and, um, but dude, it took me like forever to get through all the text messages and stuff. But I don't know. I was like, I was like pretty much calmed down about it within 30 minutes after the main event. So like it, it was really cool for like first 30 minutes. And then like, after that, I was like, all right, I got to start focusing on next round. Like what's next. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it's quite obvious that, uh, this win would not have happened if Corey wasn't your rider coach. So, uh, I think now we just need to really hone in on just how thankful we are for, uh, for Corey to be your rider coach. I mean, you know, I mean, we owe everything to him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I mean, he definitely had a big part in that. Like, yeah. dude, actually on the starting line, I'm like, dude, if I don't pull this off, like, Kenny and Corey are going to be ready to kill me. I'm like, <laughs> I have to win. Like, there's no other option right here. So I'm like, uh, it was kind of like a life or death situation like i gotta win this one yeah that's kind of cool insight though because you you know when you're on the starting line that stuff like that definitely happens like god damn it like i gotta get this so that you know that's uh that's that's a pretty funny uh pretty funny point to say there you're right yeah i would have i would have been uh i would i would have been pretty annoyed because i mean sonoya like i said you kind of shit the bay like you had your fast fast qualifier yada 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 like blah 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 and then you just it just, it just didn't happen. And it seems like, honestly, man, like that stuff that you've dealt with your career, like you've always had the speed and just getting your racecraft to match your speed. I literally, I first noticed it coming together this off season and I don't, you know, it, it doesn't matter where, or what track you're at. Once you figure that out, you're going to become a problem. And I, I think that was something a lot of us saw going into this year. And then you sort of, you just had some bad luck and things that happened these first four rounds that it didn't showcase that. And it kind of looked like the same deal. It's like, man, he just, he can't get over that hump. He can't get over the hump. I'm like, dude, when he gets over that fucking hump, he's going to be a problem. Like he's going to win a lot of races. So I think that is, is something that, you know, getting that first win, it just takes a huge weight off of your shoulders. And cause now you know what it feels like. Now you know what it takes to win and, and get the job done. So I would think your confidence and, you know, everything going into the, the last, you know, the next rounds, the rest of the season is a lot higher Did anything surprise you 
about winning the race because you've never won an AFT race. You've won a lot of local races. You've won so much other stuff in your career. Did anything surprise you about being out front? Did that go through your head? Like, holy shit. Because, dude, you've been at this for four or five years and you finally got it done. Like that last lap or two, you know, were you stressed? Like, you know, what, what was going through your head? No, I mean, it just kind of felt like any other race. Like I, I kept myself calm enough to where it was like, I just felt like I was riding a, a normal race. So like I wasn't racing anyone like special. Nothing was different than any other race. So I don't know. I thought it was going to be a lot different winning, winning uh, the national, but like, it was only just, it was like different for like the next 30 minutes, like I said, and and it's just back to like that normal, all right, I'm ready to get home to go back and start training again. Interesting. Yeah, no, I, I, the, the mindset, um, I'm, I've always been really interested in the mental aspect of being an athlete and it's, uh, refreshing to hear you say that at, that the highest level you were able to, uh, remain calm and execute and hit all your markers. And, you know, there, there's a there's a lot of folks that will override if they're not where they want to be or they get nervous like holy shit I don't want Corey Texter texting me because I blew this race and um to you know to hear you know an athlete at your level say that that's that's awesome and I hope more kids that are coming up uh hear that and take that to heart and just you know don't let the big stage get to you yeah it definitely can it can definitely get to you and um I've that's something I maybe struggled with in the past, but I, I felt like a difference in the way I ride. And um, I think I ride a lot smarter now. Like there was times I wanted to switch my lineup during the main event while leading. Cause I'm like, I think I go faster there, but I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I shouldn't because it, I was riding a smooth line. Like, yeah. So are you going to start wearing uh, tight jeans and cowboy boots to every race now? No, I was not getting involved in that deal. Okay. I just didn't know how superstitious <laughs> you are. So I didn't wear. Oh, them. okay. I did not wear them. I stayed away. I stayed away from it. I was like, I don't need to be doing that. So <laughs> I'm like, that is not what I'm wearing to the racetrack. <laughs> uh, are I? I gotta ask this, man. Do you feel you feel at all responsible for Cody and Max running into each other after the finish? Because <laughs> I mean, Cody was trying to congratulate you and, and, and because of that, he took out his teammates. So how responsible do you feel for what happened after the race? I don't know if he was trying to congratulate me or Chase, but all I know is I was just looking straight ahead and didn't even know they crashed until my brothers are there showing me the video. Like, dude, look at this. So yeah. i I do not feel responsible whatsoever for it. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely it, it uh, sucks for both of them. It sucks for both of them, but um it's almost like kind of funny at the same time though too. In five years we'll all look back and laugh. So. <laughs> yeah, it'll yeah. lighthearted. It's no, funny. it'll be Yeah, no, like I I I know that they're probably like kind of both upset about the whole situation and yeah, they should be. It should never happen like that. But um, I think they're going to look back at it and be uh, laughing about it. Did you uh, change anything on the bike? Because I didn't talk to you much about bike setup during the during the event. But was did the bike feel similar? I mean, when you start 
you felt so good leading up to the season. You're, you know, testing, the bike was good. You felt pretty good. And then you start to have, I mean, you can have one bad practice session, you flip the bike and then you never get that back. Like then you're three, four rounds. You're just trying to, you're, you're questioning everything you, you knew prior to that point. And we talk about it a lot is relying on instincts and, and, you know, rising above whatever bike they give you, but what, what, what went into that for this race? I mean, was there any big setup changes you guys threw at the bike? Cause you were shifting, which, I mean, we've talked about it. I, 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 it's crazy to me that all these singles guys shift now. Um, but any, any major bike setup stuff that you guys had to navigate through on the weekend? Um, not really. We tried to make a change right before the heat race. Um, we switched it back for the dash and, um, uh, I felt def, I felt definitely a lot better, but, uh, going into that main event, uh, I knew exactly what, what I needed to do personally. And, um, knew had a game plan with like what line, like we did not change hardly anything throughout the day, like whatsoever. I told him, I just want to get used to riding that bike and, uh, and not have to get used to something else all the time. Interesting. That's kind of cool. It's a testament to the the team you guys have got behind you that you could throw something at sticks and not really have to mess with it all day and come away with your first uh, national. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I, I kind of felt like just me getting comfortable on the bike and um, not having to worry about what, what the, like the bike is going to do when I make a change or what, what they like they could change and maybe where we could pick up some time i was kind of looking at it as like all right well i could go faster here like this is i was kind of taking it into trying to make myself accountable i guess for stuff that was happening on the track and like yeah there's obviously little times that making a change is definitely going to make a a difference um but i don't think any drastic change is going to be good for you well, I agree. Yeah, I think it was really cool dynamic for Turner to grab, you know, to to have that podium fit everybody on the podium like that. That's super cool. A lot of red, a lot of cowboy boots up there on the podium, man. It was it's cool to see people uh, work hard and celebrate. And, you know, uh, it's no secret. Those guys put in a lot of work, Biggs and Coolbeth and and Troy and, you know, the mechanics sat off and uh, Muth, uh, man, everybody puts a lot of time into that program. So. It's cool for you guys to get to get that that podium. Um, obviously, it's really just about fucking time, dude. It's stoked for you to get your win. And moving forward, uh, you got Ventura coming up here in a couple of weeks, and you have three miles. And I know you, I know you're probably smiling, ready for these miles. Yeah, I'm definitely ready for these miles. And um, Brian has been hard at work making uh, different engine packages, finding out what's best, and. Um, he's now getting all of them together and shipping them out to California. So, um, we getting some mile motors ready. Uh, I'm definitely stoked to get on one of those. So, um, yeah, definitely excited for the last three miles coming up, but we have a short track to worry about next. So I got to do good there first. For sure. Yeah, that's going to be a fun, uh, short track for sure. It looks pretty, uh, paper clippy. So more, uh, point and shoot. Yeah, yeah. I, think that, I think that's actually should be a good track. Um, I think they're going to, I think it should be pretty much like a cushion track at this, 
Well, Chad, every got... time AFT says they're going to make it a cushion track, it becomes a single line. So, hey, don't cancel me for saying that, but, you know, it's true. Yeah, it should, it should be good. It's right on the ocean, too, which is sick. Now, that, that'll be a good round. I, I think it'll be good for you guys. Uh, Trent, I got one quick question for you before we let you go. If I was going to come out of retirement and race a singles event, which one do you think would be my best shot? Um, I mean, I would have said Daytona short track. Um, I think you would probably be decent at Lima, but I don't, I don't, I wouldn't have you down for winning there. Um, God, I don't want to say this cause everyone's just going to be like, whatever you just, but I'd have you down for, uh, Castle Rock. I think. That's what I want to hear, baby. I'm trying, I'm, uh, I, th- I hope Cody Cobb's listening. We were, I was texting Cody about this uh, t- earlier today or yesterday. So appreciate it, Fran. Appreciate it, man. Uh, thanks for coming on the pod, dude. Yeah. Big, big win. It's, 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 there's more coming, man. I mean, it's, it's cool for you to, to get that first one out of the way. And I, I'm not going to say it gets easier because it's every, every win is so hard at this level in any class. You know, there's so many capable riders. But now that you got the feeling, I think you're going to, you're going to find yourself up there more often. So yeah, congrats, man. And thanks for coming on our pod and chatting. Thanks dude. All right. See you, Trent. See ya. All right. Well, once we got his audio figured out, that wasn't too shabby. (laughs) It's like you went full dad. Like I, I don't know. I, I was very impressed with that level of, uh, parenting you did. You, I mean, those, yeah, those kids, they listen to you. You just, you went right for it. Yeah, well, I mean, he called in with his next tell, dude. I'm like, come on, bro. Like, at least have good audio when you call in. So, uh, with that being said, we have our our Twins winner on the line. We haven't talked about the Twins clash yet, uh, yet so we'll do a breakdown after we we chat with him. But really wanted to uh, get him on here. It's, it's cool. And anytime Jared's on the podcast, it, it's always good. He's got a lot of good insight. So, thanks, dude, for coming on. Jared Meese on the pod. What's up, man? Hey man, how are you? We are well. We are well. So man, big uh big win for you at Devil's Bowl. I was talking with Eric, my co-host, about you know, what do you prefer out of the Texas tracks that we've raced at? Do you prefer Devil's Bowl over Texas Motor Speedway? Or which one would you prefer as as a rider? Like as a rider, like total biasm. Like, what would you want? Uh, I don't know. I just, I like Texas motor speedway. I mean, uh, I guess prior to this weekend, I was kind of salty that we weren't going back there just because like I, I sucked and the track sucked in, in 2020. Although everybody says the track sucked at, 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 uh, Texas motor speedway, but I always seem to like it there. Um, it was like literally in Tolbert's backyard, like 15 minutes away where devil's bull almost two hours. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Devil's Bowl's kind of got a little bit of, I don't know, Devil's Bowl kind of got a little bit more richer history with the sprint car side of things. Like, seems like that's more of a known type of racetrack down there than Texas Motor Speedway. But uh, for me, it was um, it was good actually just to get a win in a different place because I'm like, I didn't realize it until the press release came out that I was that close to like Parker's half mile record. So I'm like, right on. I'm glad I, I'm glad I won Devil's Bowl over another Texas Motor Speedway so I can put one more on the list, you know? What did, uh, if you take a step back and 
now that you're gone uh, away from the race, what did you think about the environment, the crowd, the event um, over the weekend as compared to uh, Texas Motor Speedway? Yeah, uh, you'd be honest with you, man. The crowd sucked. It, uh, there, there wasn't. It, it was. Um, I thought actually going there, and I always said this prior to when I was even racing at Texas Motor Speedway that I thought Devil's Bowl would produce a bigger, better crowd, just because I felt like the crowd's more built in there with the weekly shows. And we got there, and I and I just straight up honest, like I mean, no hard feelings to anybody that promoted it or whatever. It just it 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 wasn't a it didn't work out that good. I didn't think myself. I mean, I was, I was a little disappointed in it. Thought we'd have some more players there. Don't know. Maybe the wind and how chilly it was and kind of a, you know, there was rain all around the racetrack. Like there was a time where it got kind of dark there uh, the day of, and I was like looking at my phone and there was a lot of rain above us uh, near the Dallas area. So I don't know if people kind of like uh, decided not to come because of that. But um, yeah, I just uh, I didn't think the crowd was very good. Not as good, not as good as I thought. Texas Motor Speedway, that place is so big. Um, you know, you get twenty five hundred, three thousand people there, and it don't look like nobody's there. You get five thousand yeah. people there, and it looks like nobody's there. You know, so um, I think trying to trying to pack that place is very tough. Texas Motor Speedway, that is. Yeah, and maybe people are just tired of you winning. You know, they just don't want to see the same thing every time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I haven't won that many yeah. lately. That's, yeah, like what uh, Daniels? He's 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 kicking everybody's butt. What went into like the main event? I mean, you had to watch the singles class, and riders were going higher on the racetrack. I mean, it seemed like that was the fast line, right? So going into and I think honestly in 2020, I'd have to go back and watch, but I think when Briar won, he was kind of around the top. So in the main event, you and Dallas, you guys pretty much went to the bottom and stayed there um, where everybody else, they were kind of up high. And it seemed, it was kind of funny. Like they were yo-yoing, like they tried to move down. Cause obviously the, the, the two leaders, they're getting away kind of riding the bottom, but they, they, they were losing ground. Then they went high and they were losing ground. So what went, what went into that decision and what was the difference maker in riding like the very bottom of the racetrack? Yeah, so watching the singles race, um, which by the way, congratulations to Trent. That was awesome to get his first win. And I was I was super pumped. The Turner team went one, two, and three. I'm 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 biased. I really like the Honda team. Uh, Mike Turner and Bigelow and Cool Best. Like I'm big fans of them guys. And uh, you know, I know how hard dude Bigelow works harder than any mechanic in the paddock. <laughs> I'm straight up serious. So I was really pumped to see them guys do what they did because they've been struggling a little bit. But anyway, yeah, so I'll be straight up. When I went out there for the main event for the main, uh, for the Twins class, <laughs> Twins main event, obviously, I was like, we're going to the top because Fisher was making it work in the dash. I went back, looked at the times. Fisher's times were the fastest up top there. And like talking to my team, they're like, dude, he's making some time. He's rolling better. And the reason, another reason why I thought the top would come in and be better is in turns three and four, there was a lot of bumps and ruts and ridges in the very, very bottom of the track. And if you went through there clean, it was money. But if you, it, it didn't take much to upset the chassis and, and, and like lose the whole rhythm and all your momentum down there. So in my mind, I'm like, it's going to be easier to roll and get in the rhythm up top and make lesser mistakes, which obviously mistakes are lap times around the top. 
and um and then I watched the you know the singles main event and Trent made it work. Michelin was making it work. Chase stayed glued to the bottom and it was really cat and mouse, cat and mouse. But it seemed like you know Trent obviously broke away. So I was like, well, that's definitely going to be you know that's exactly what's going to happen in the twins class. Well, I went up top there pretty early and just there wasn't the bite. The bike wasn't going as forward as I thought it was going to. Even though Bromley rode around me in a little bit, I kind of made some mistakes earlier on. He was rolling around, so I rolled with them. And I just didn't think that, you know, I was making a lot of ground, really. I went to the bottom uh, to try to beat JD and pass JD, but he was so glued to the bottom. And no offense, JD, but he was he was struggling. Like, he was going so slow around the bottom that I just rolled around the right around, around on the outside of him and went right back down to the bottom. And my bike was working good. And I just said to myself, man, if, if no one's going to – if someone passes me around the outside, I'll, I'll get up there. But uh, – I'm going to try to be very cautious and get my, get my points in three and four uh, corrected. And um, I think I was, that was my strongest point. I finally got it figured out. It was uh, one of those things where you couldn't overcook the entry because if you did, you blew the middle and then you blew your exit. So you had to really set the, uh, the entry up to, uh, to finish off the corner and just hit my marks. It was definitely one of those tracks where you wanted to lead, not follow because um, you could set your own pace and, and, um, you know, get in your own rhythm. So w- one of the things that I noticed and you just touched upon it there again, is uh, you were talking about your breaking points and your markers and you're very analytical when it comes to stuff like that. And how often am I going to be able to ask the champ these questions? So um, how, how does it go throughout the day on when you set those up? Is, is your team helping you kind of figure out like, all right, this is where your breaking points is. This is where your throttle, or is it just feel and just getting, you know, just riding the bike and instincts. And then, you know, on top of that, when it changes, does someone give you uh insider feedback to kind of change those markers? That was a big question. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Interesting. That's a, that's a hard one. Um, <laughs> you, you got me stumped. I mean, the, the, all day long, we were running right around the bottom, right? And I didn't really feel like we would even move up at all, to, to be honest with you. The way Devil's Bowl shaped, how you enter turn one, and you kind of you start heading up, heading up the hill, and turn one and two is different. Like, you go into turn one, and it's, it's so quick to be like, well, there goes the corner over there and you're heading up the racetrack. So <laughs> it's, um, it's a very easy track to override turns one and two. And that's where everybody was having the most mistakes entering the corner was there. And uh, earlier on, we went to the bottom and it was fast. And usually with that Texas type of clay, um, the more you ride on it, the more rubber it gets laid, the more abrasive it gets. It, it gets and uh, the more you, you keep running around the bottom. Um, and the other night at Devil's Bowl, it was weird. It kind of got slicker as the night went on and uh, people started moving around a little bit. So it was different than what I thought it was going to shape up to be. But um, we just kind of stayed to the bottom all day long. I, like I said, going out for that main event after watching the singles, I really thought I'm going to have to get up there. And um, and I was ready to do it. I, I thought that, that would be better for me than it would be like Dallas because all day long, Dallas seemed to be the guy to have to beat, you know? Yeah. But um we just kind of committed to the bottom and uh, I try to, you know, each lap, I, uh, first first couple of laps, I tried high, tried low, moved around. It just felt like there was better bite for me down there, low, uh, down low. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would say 
man, I've ridden a lot of racetracks and I think going back to 2020, I've only ridden devil's bowl that, that one year, two races, but turns one and two at devil's bowl. It's one of the most technical turn turn, like turns that I've ever raced in a, in a flat track. I mean, I'm, I do a really good job at staying smooth. And I remember I, I blew the, I blew that corner in the main event and uh, Raspoli got around me like with five or six laps to go. I just, I just drifted wide. Like you said, you, you get in there and and the, it just turned like you just ride up the racetrack. It was something that, you know, I went back and when I, when I did it, I watched it time and you know, I kept watching. I was like, Holy shit, I can't believe I did that. It's, it's underrated how, how technical that, that those two corners are. So um, with that being said, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. And then like Dallas, man, he's, you mentioned him. He's, he's second, you know, second win second. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to break, break him right now. Like he's, he's right there. And going into this season, did you think there'd be more players? Because obviously they combine the two classes. There's more riders lined up looking at, you know, things on paper. I personally thought more guys would be closer to where the front is. And realistically, like if you look at, if you look at the majority of these races and you look how far back third is, how far back fourth and fifth is, the gap is way bigger than I actually thought going into the season. And what was your, what's your thoughts on that? Like going into it, did you think there'd be more players? Cause realistically there just hasn't been besides, I mean, JD obviously did won the TT, but um, yeah, it's been you in Dallas pretty much. Yeah. I mean, Daytona's Daytona. Daytona's never been, you know, my, my, my thing, to be honest with you, if I have one race that I can win from here on out in my career, I, I want to win Daytona. I'm so sick and tired of going to that place to being so frustrated with that place. But it's been a place that's been frustrating me for a long, long time, even back on the single stuff. And we only ran, ran twins there twice. So that, that place has been frustrating for me. And I, I always, always told myself, like, when you leave Daytona, I just put it behind you, man, and go, you know. And we were solid there. We were fourth. But, you know, obviously Dallas was exceptional. Um, and then, you know, I think to answer your question, I, I, I kind of thought B-Rob would be uh, a big player at Sonoya and then also Devil's Bowl. But I don't think he's at his fullest potential right now. He got he he went down to Sonoya and then the next week he flopped and, and hit his you know hit him hit himself on the ground with the uh, with that TT there and I think his shoulders a little little banged up so I don't think that he's at his fullest potential um, and it, you know so other than other than Brandon yeah I really thought that it was going to be Dallas I did um, you know he's got another year under his belt I know that that team is working really really hard on their motorcycle and. You know, there's there's a lot to gain with that bike, um, with what you know they're allowed to do and and whatnot. So I really feel like uh, that Dallas is going to be the guy. And um, you know, if Briar was still on an Indian, I you know would hands down say Briar would be right there in the mix with us all on on types of tracks like well everywhere really. I think Briar was solid all the time, you know, and over the years. But him getting on the brand new bike there, the KTM, it's going to take him. Uh, you know, it's going to take some time to develop the thing i mean it's it don't matter who it is you look how look how much time the and teams got under the yamahas before you know finally last year they came out with a package that finally looked like you know looking at the bike over the years last year they finally showed up and was like damn that bike looks comfortable it looks good um you know they got a 
big flywheel on the end of the crank now. And like they, they're, you know, it's turning into something that looks like it's fun and, and easy and it's easy to ride over the, over the, you know, past years. So I feel like Briar's definitely going to be a player, but um, you know, this year, I think they're, they're going to be in kind of a learning phase and it's tough to develop a bike man because, you know, you start getting onto something that you may need and want to get made and you turn around and you're looking at six months to get, you know, set of pistons made or, you know, uh, these cams or we want to try these cams well all right we're, we're seven months out on that before you know it you know in the next week or so we're going to be going boom 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 all the way till springfield and there's not going to be a whole lot of time to develop and try stuff it's going to be everything everybody can do just to drive from one race to the next wash the bike and clean the filters and we're going racing again so you know i think uh i knew going in that briar's going to have some moments probably where he's going to to run up front and i think he's going to i still think he can win a race this year but, uh, you know, the consistency uh, week in and week out, I don't, I don't think is going to be there this year. And uh, like I said, there's no disrespect to him, the bike, or the team. It's just I don't care if it was me and Tolbert. I don't think we could come out swinging like that. And speaking to, to Briar, it sounds like that thing came 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 together pretty late, you know. And and uh, also speaking to him, it sounds like that bike is very, very close to uh, to stock. So, um I, I, you know, I know there's definitely some gain in that bike with, uh, with some time and some development. It's just, uh, it's obviously it's going to take some time. So, you know, listen back to what you were just saying. So it sounds to me, Jared, that you're, you're a fan of the essence and Yamaha's and the rules packages and, and everything is, is, is that what I'm understanding? Oh man. Huge fan, man. Huge fan. <laughs> <laughs> Huge fan. Yeah. Yeah. It looks real yep. comfortable, real comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no i mean hey i get i give them props that bike does look good now i mean you take the rules and you take them back to the 2021 rules and the 2020 rules of the indian i i say that that bike gives me a run right now i really do dallas is a hell of a rider um so is jd uh i i i mean we knew that dallas was going to be player i mean i'll call it out right now dallas is the future grand national champion i mean it's just going to be a matter of you know time when maybe it could be this year no doubt and uh like i said they come a long way i give the team a lot of props um but so with it is what it is what it is <laughs> yeah so on the heels of uh indian releasing that uh short film documentary chasing nine are are you guys going to be doing more of that this year or is that just kind of a um, one-off for the beginning of the season because it was a great great watch yeah, I thought it was awesome too, man. They uh, that came out of the blue with uh, with Indian and and their marketing guys. Um, I haven't heard anything more about doing anything like that. Uh, maybe if you know, maybe at the end of the year, I get I get the job done. Maybe there'll be something there. But yeah, that turned out awesome. I thought it was cool. It was uh, kind of a different, a little bit different of approach. You know, like it's good that you get videographers in there and people editing and things that are different from one another. Cause you just get a different vibe, you know, like in the past, you know, thunder did a great job, but you could kind of tell thunders work. Right. And, and that's good. Like he did a great job. It's just, you could tell, and you like lane, you know, you could see like lanes work and he's got, you know, this, they got certain little things about them that, that you could tell it's from them, you know, and mm -hmm. I guess a guy like myself or you, Corey, you know, you just get used to seeing the same thing. So you get that, but so it was cool. It was different. I, I, I liked it too. 
did you get any feedback from other writers? I, I, as a fan, I thought it was cool to see your contemporaries uh, chatting about you. But did anyone else uh, give you any any shit or you know uh, talk about the 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 YouTube video? And if you guys haven't seen it out there, it's up. Uh, it's been shared all over. Just go uh, go on the the social media uh, platforms and you'll see it. But yeah, did you get any uh, feedback from it? No, I don't think a lot of these writers have my phone number. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the 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 very beginning of it, where you're talking about you just you you would rather win than be friends. That I was like, yep, that's uh, that's Jared Mees for you. But I mean, yeah. So. <laughs> what uh, that's so, the truth. So putting Dallas behind uh, the the track, <laughs> putting the Devil's Bowl behind behind you. You know, going into we got Ventura and then three miles. So what have what's your experience? with Ventura, like a lot of riders have been there. I mean, I know Kale and a bunch of riders have raced at that racetrack. Have you, have you raced there? What do you know about the track? And after that we have, we have three miles. So what's, I mean, obviously the game plan is, is to, is to win, but what's, what's it looking like for you for these next four? Yeah. Unfortunately I never got to race Ventura. It's probably one of the, one of the racetracks in California outlaw wise that I never actually raced. Um, so I don't know much about it, although my suspension guy, Jimmy, has got probably as many lap or laps around there as anybody. And he says, man, if they prep it and they bring in DG, which is like the dirt that we used at Willow Springs, it could be kind of like a cushy, skittery, racy, and the moisture will come up and you can kind of ride anywhere. And then he says, man, I've been there where it's, you know, clay and hard and kind of grooves up and and then when the moisture comes in at night you kind of move off the groove and move around so from what i've gathered they're gonna haul in some dg and it's kind of going to be a little bit loose and cushiony um so that that's that'll be cool i hear it's a little bit bigger than daytona with some banking so it might be faster i should be faster um so that's kind of really all i know about that place honestly i've watched some stuff on youtube and you know, one minute I'm watching a guy on a speedway bike slide around this corner and the next video it's a sprint car in the clay, you know, so it's like kind of hard to understand the, the racetrack. But, uh, yeah, I think it'd be cool. I mean, I, from what I hear, it's, it's right along the water, like right along the ocean. So that'll be neat. And um, it's uh, 1,000. Right? So if you go on the groove, it's 1,000. Thousand fifty feet long and it's thirty four feet of elevation. Not that I'm taking notes or anything. <laughs> what uh, <laughs> going into the, the second part of that question, the miles? Yeah, it's no secret. Last year, the the FTR just with the rules and how everything changed. I mean, it it just looked like you guys had seventy horsepower out there. So. What I mean, has there been any more gains from your team going into the miles? Is there any more you have a, a you know more confidence going into you know, Sacramento Red Mile to coin? You've raced a coin. Uh, you know you have some you have some time around that track, but what what's that looking like? Because that was a huge question mark last year, and you were there, but it just I mean those those the Yamahas were quick, and now you put Briar on the KTM, which. We know those bikes were quick, uh, quick last year with Rispoli at the Red Mile, uh, and you know going into those three miles, what is you know were you guys able to find any more going into it? Yeah, I mean we have we had seventy, we didn't have seventy horsepower, we had seventy five, and now we have like 
77 and a half, you know, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. I mean, definitely, like you said, it was, uh, you know, no, no, uh, no lie that, you know, we were down quite a bit compared to, um, to the Yamahas and, uh, the KTM and, you know, as of right now, not much has changed. Um, you know, the funky part about that restrictor is the placement of it. It's, uh, it's placed above the throttle body where like back in the day, the restrictor was placed in front of the carburetor. Um, and there was just a lot more that you can do through the carburetor to where you can get the air and the fuel to mix better to go through the restrictor where now you're contracting it like, you know, before it even gets to run through the throttle body. So it's, it's difficult. Um, and it just seems like the things that we are coming up with and trying, it moves just the power around, which sometimes is a good thing, but you know, we're looking for more power, not just moving it around. And we're looking for more power all the way across the range. So uh, it'll be interesting. I mean, in hindsight, the rules that were placed in effect this year, it, it should change a little bit on their end, but I don't think it's going to change a whole lot because, you know, if they were bigger than an 800 last year, they're technically supposed to run a 38 millimeter throttle body versus a 40. Um, and if they're, you know, 800 or under, you're allowed to run a 40. So I don't know exactly the CC size of, of what their bike was. The rumor was it was just over 800. So, you know, I don't know what they're doing to compensate that, but you know, when you're behind somebody and you literally can't pull out and draft by, you're down quite a bit. I mean, you know, you could be down four or five and still be able to draft by, but when you're behind them and you're not able to go by with a run, you know, you're down quite a bit. So I, uh, I always look forward to going to the miles in the years past, but these, these last, these last, uh, this last year and approaching it, just approaching as a man, I'm going to go there and do the best I can. Maybe I can get uh, glued to the ground a little bit better than they can and roll to the corner. Um, the tracks like DeCoin and Springfield, where you can get it onto the corner, I'm not as worried about because I can carry the momentum and uh, and get it going. It's more like the Red Mile and the Sacramento Mile, where they're like drag strips in, in the corners. You just, you know, they get in front of you and they hold you up in the corner and they just get that snap off the, off the corner where you can't run by. That's, they're the ones that we struggle the most with because we can't accelerate. You know, that's the biggest thing I can complain about with the, with the restrictors in the Indian isn't so much the maximum end top end power. It's the acceleration isn't there. And, and I feel that on the TTs, you know, like at Arizona, when we came off the corner <clears throat> before the jump, dude, I came off that corner and my, my throttle was pinned. It was stuck down, you know, stuck down. I mean, I, there was no more I could do. And they're able to accelerate up over the jump a little bit quicker and land and accelerate through the corner. And that's where I see the biggest, the biggest change, you know, is, is even on the TTs. And to be honest with you, you could take them out and shit. It'd be tough as hell to beat JD on those no matter what. But yeah, the, the TTs where we're stopping and going and we're falling so far down in the RPM range, that's where it really hurts us the most. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. And it's, I would agree. I, I don't think that's talked about enough. Uh, the, t the, the, the TTs, like how, how much it's, you know, the acceleration and getting off the corners and things like that helps on the TT, but, um, man, we could chat for hours. A lot of, a lot of insight from you. I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, anytime we can get you on the fans, the fans love it. And, 
uh, just the knowledge and, and things that you go through when you talk, it's, it's really refreshing to hear from, a you know, from a podcast host standpoint. Yeah. It's Thanks, nice. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, like I said, I'm not, and, and like, and I, and man, I'm not the best PT guy on the circuit. I'll straight up tell you that like JD and Dallas and Briar, you know, I look at them guys as, you know, they're, they're the toughest guys to beat on the TT is on equal equipment. Them guys are really hard to beat. Right. Um, but like I said, you know, just I'm not complaining about it. I'm just telling you guys straight up, like the, the, the acceleration, the stop and the go is what, man, it kills us. Man, it's, it's looking to be a good year. You obviously gained some points there at, at the, uh, devil's bowl venture next on the schedule. I forgot that, uh, Jimmy's obviously been there quite a bit, Ventura. So, uh, and then obviously like, I think Kale, Kale Colkman, he's, he's probably going to race, right. He's from Ventura. He's, he's spun a lot of laps there and short tracks like that. It, it can be a, like Daytona it's, 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 it's an equalizer. So it could, you could see some more players at, at Ventura, I think than we've seen at tracks like Sonoya and, and devil's bowl and things like that. So it should be interesting for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I mean, a short you know short track like that's usually not like you know the most exciting for me but i i mean i'm i'm down with it i'm looking forward to going out there and, and racing something different and new and you know for all we know it could be a hell of a show and you know hopefully hopefully more than anything man we get a good crowd and uh people enjoy it and want to come back and you know keep moving on with uh positive things yeah agreed agreed well, thanks, dude, for coming on, and we appreciate the time, and we'll see you, see you down the road here. All right, brother. Have a good day. All right. See you, Jared. Man, that could go on. You could just talk to Jared for so, so long. There's so many – he's got so many great things to talk about with the sport, and from he's, he's a te- – he, he knows technical sides of the motorcycles really well. He yeah. breaks down the racing. I mean, he's – yeah, when he's done racing, he's gonna he's gonna be great in in uh, any sort of commentator role or you know things like that. He's he's got a lot to offer. But now it, it was cool to get him on and get some of that insight. All right, so want to do the the breakdown of the twins real quick? Yeah, let's move into that. Sorry about that. I was gathering my notes. We are moving on to. He talked a little bit about the obviously we had the the winner on before we got to do the rewind, but it's just kind of how the schedules lined up, but. Jared took the win. And like I talked about with him, him and Dallas were right around the bottom. Um, you know, it was JD led the first, I don't know how many laps he led. Let me look here. Uh, he led the first six laps and there was a little bit of diciness going on, but then once Jared got to the front, uh, oh, sorry, my mic's being super weird. Um, once he got to the front, it, it just really wasn't that exciting at the front anymore. Dallas was close but just not close enough to really make it a race. I mean, he was one mistake away from being on his rear wheel, but yeah. Jared just doesn't make mistakes on tracks like that. So it never came to fruition, but you know, Dallas, he can't be mad about, I mean, he's, he's in his sophomore twins year and he's winning or getting second every race. So I'm sure yeah. Dallas isn't, isn't too upset about it. No, that's, that's definitely a good one. Sorry. My phone just went off. Big bulls fan. If you heard that. Bulls, weren't yeah, they good the in the Bulls. '90s? They were good in the yeah, '90s. The Bull, right? Yeah, the Bulls theme is my uh, cell phone and went off. They're no, doing good in yeah. the playoffs this year too. Yeah, real good, real good. One and done. <laughs> we don't want to talk about that. But no, I I agree with you on um, Dallas. I, getting first or second that uh, in every round. That's I mean, 
that you can't do much better than that. So, um, yeah, when you're that close behind Jared, you, you know, you're just waiting for the machine to make a mistake and he doesn't really make a lot of mistakes. So, um, you know, it's probably just settle in and get your points for second, head on out to California. Yeah. And maybe he could have, and I, I don't think they showed, they didn't show every lap Jared in Dallas. So maybe, maybe Dallas tried the high line. I mean, I'd have to go back and watch to see if he even tried to go up there. I, I personally just think like in years prior and watching the singles, if the singles can roll the high line, I, you would just think the twins would be even better up there. And we saw B Rob and Briar and, and Bromley, you know, make it work. But I mean, they were, B Rob was six seconds behind Jared, you know, so and five seconds behind Dallas. So it was a, it was a really interesting race. Like I did not expect that at all. It's very uncommon when you see a singles, the singles winner ride the top and the twins guy on a track like that, ride the bottom. Yep. So definitely yep. interesting. Uh, B Rob, he's definitely dealing with some sort of injury shoulder. I mean, he took a couple hard tumbles this year so far and he didn't look great earlier on the day, but he worked his way up to a third. It's a racetrack that you would expect him to do well at. So um, he worked his way up to a third. And then same for Briar. I mean, Briar qualified, I think he was 12th, uh, which is absolutely crazy to think about. Briar was 12th on a track that he won both races at in 2020. And granted, he's on a completely different motorcycle, but you know, I, I expected him to be you know, better than that in qualifying. But Briar's a gamer, and he was making tons of passes. He's so much fun to watch ride the bike because he he moves around the racetrack. He's doing trying different lines. He's aggressive, but not you know he 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 makes really he makes the racing fun. And he was really close at the end to to a podium over B Rob. But both those riders rode rode really well. Um, they go ahead. Are both of his bikes eight nineties? Briar's. Um. Cause I know Bronson's on the seven ninety, and I know Wally has both, but it's just interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, about uh, next year. I, I don't know how much, cause obviously I'm his fucking brother-in-law. <laughs> so I do have some insight on what he's running, but I'm going to keep yeah. that off the pod for now. There he's, you go. They are trying a lot of different things to make that package work, but oh, okay. uh, for most of the season, they've been on that eight ninety. Um, but they, yeah, they might be trying some different things. I know, I think they interviewed Michelle DeSavo and, and she said that pretty much the whole motorcycle was different for, for devil's bowl. If that gives the listeners any insight. So, yeah. uh, really cool to have, have them up there battling Davis Fisher. He's been quietly having a really good season. I mean, yeah, he has. he's been really, really consistent on pretty much like, I got to go back here and look at the look at the season standings, but he's been ninth, which I think the first day at Daytona, he might've had an issue. Is that when like Jared came tumbling through? Cause I think he was higher yeah, up than that the, the first day. Yeah. yeah. And then he was third at Daytona the second day, fifth at Sonoya, seventh at the TT and then another top five. So he's got three top fives and a podium in the first five rounds. So Davis is, he's so quiet. He doesn't post much on social. He's just, you know, you don't, he's not flashy at all. So he's, he's always under the radar and he's, he's having a His really rotor good... was flashy this weekend. <laughs> was he, was it glowing red? Oh uh, yeah. And he had the whole flat track Facebook, um, geriatric group pissed about that. You can't ride your brakes. Can't ride your brakes. 
that's why blah, 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 but um, it well, reminds me of uh there's a youtube video with mike dylan and uh <laughs> da, da, da. and i don't i i wasn't gonna ever bring this up on the pod but you mentioned quarterly yeah dale quarterly and mike dylan so he does a youtube channel mike dylan and it's it's cool that he does it like he's he gets a lot of views and followers and you know, for, for anyone looking to get in the flat track, it's a pretty cool thing, but there's, there's been some bad takes that I've seen. And the one, the, the worst one I've ever seen, I almost did a, like a rewind, um, like a rebuttal video was quarterly was saying the you know, the guys who glow their rear brake rotors, they never win races. And I was like, fuck dude, have you ever watched any flat track race in the last 20 years? Kenny Coolbeth, Jake Johnson, you know, Brandon Robinson, these guys are always glowing their rear brakes. So he, he said, if, if my rider was glowing their rear brakes, I'd, I'd cut their brake line. I'm like, well, that's a fucking bold strategy. So, um, <laughs> anyway, I actually commented on the video. I was like, well, if glowing your rotors doesn't win your races, somebody should have told uh cool Beth and Jake that when they were winning all these races, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's a track like that. It's, it, it really helps settle the chassis. Yep. It helps control rear wheel spin. There's a lot of benefit to learning how to drag the rear brake. And personally, I've never been great at it. I've always kind of relied Chris Carr with my rider coach. He's never been a, a rear brake dragger. He's always, you know, told me you don't need to drag the rear brake. If you can be really good with your, with your wrist and have good throttle control. And, you know, that's something that I've always been really, I've, I've done well with. But, you know, adding that You're really rear- good with your wrists, <laughs> both, both wrists. Uh, no, it's, it's something that, I, you know, I wish I was better at dragging the rear brake. I mean, once you figure it out, it definitely helps. So, uh, Dan Bromley was sixth, um, really impressed with him earlier on in the, in the main event. I, I thought maybe he had a shot at the podium cause he was where he was rolling the top. Other guys were trying it and they weren't doing it quite as smooth as he was, but again, and I don't, I don't know if riding two classes, I don't think his fit, I don't think he has killer fitness. Like he's not out of shape, but he's not, you know, I don't think he's like the most, he's not JD or Jared or Briar. And it just seemed like he faded at the end of the race. I mean, he was, you know, battling with Jared early on in the race, me said, um, and then he ended up 10 and a half seconds behind. Um, wonder what, uh, at the finish. maybe tire compound he used. Maybe that went away from him. You never know. Well, you can only use, I think you can only use, you Medium can't use hard. a three. Yeah. You can't yeah. use, I mean, nobody uses the hard on a track like that. So, okay. um, no, I don't know. I mean, it, like I said, it, it just seemed like he, he kind of tuckered out a little bit at the end, but I mean, regardless, man, nothing to hang your head over. That was a really good finish, you yep. know, being a, a privateer, riding uh you know you know a bike that nick henderson built in his garage it's uh you know it was really cool for them to get up there and and battle with uh with riders like jared meese and things like that jared vanderkoy was seventh uh he's been a little inconsistent this year he was really good almost won daytona just a little bit of inconsistency vanderkoy is a phenomenal rider i expect him i mean he he should be up in the top five top three every weekend he's talented enough they're on a really small budget this year. Jay Maloney and their team, they're they're digging just just to make it happen. And you know, it's I'm sure he's not overly stoked with seventh. Um, we'll run through a couple more here, and I'll get some insight from you. Bronson won the LCQ 
on the KTM finished eighth. So LCQ win to eighth, not, not a bad result. With a glowing pipe. With the, yeah, he was glowing too. And then Ben Lau with the ninth, um, Ben's, uh, I expect more out of Ben, to be honest. I'm going to, I'm going to hold some accountability on Ben. He's, I know what he's capable of. He's a really talented rider and I think he can be up in that, you know, fourth through seventh range more often as well. He's, he's definitely got the talent to do it. Um, but just a couple of these guys were just a little off than from what I expected. Very, very true. But uh, yeah. Uh, and, uh, the next person on the list, Colby Corlisle, I he started off and he was doing really well. I remember turning it on and being like, oh shit, he's up there. And, um, you know, he just, it's not how it shook out in the main, but, um, yeah, yeah. I thought he was his best showing so far on that G and G bike. Yeah. And I was pumped for the, for the team and those guys, when I saw him up in fourth, fifth and qualifying, and it wasn't like one session, like every session, he, yeah. I think he was fourth, fifth, sixth, all, all of the, all of the rounds. So I, yeah, I'm not sure exactly. Uh, the track did get, it did get rougher. And I know from experience riding that bike, it's the CNJ, uh, one rough racetracks, that bike really, I just felt like it always struggled. I mean, anytime it would be rough, like a rough clay track, it, it, that bike hits the bumps very harsh. Um, it, it's not forgiving. Like when you hit a bump, there's not a lot of travel on that motorcycle and it just ejectostitos, mm. like it just throws you out of the seat. And that's why on some of those tracks, when it would rain, it would just, I'd, I'd feel so uncomfortable and people think it's like, you know, and I've never mentioned it too much where they, you know, Corey's not good on these type of tracks. It's like, dude, maybe like, you know, think about the motorcycle or the platform or what's going on. And I think as the track got rougher, I think it was harder for Colby to, to ride the bike, but I mean, he still got 10th. It's not a bad result. Mm. Um, he was right there behind Ben for ninth and yeah, solid top 10 for the, for LJ and John, the boys, man, I miss, I miss hanging out with those guys. I, I, you know, I, I miss being, being at the track. Um, and then Brandon price was 11th. It was cool. Really cool to see Brandon price back out there. He needs to be out there. I mean, this is a young, yes. talented rider that we cannot, they, we, I, I don't know the answer, but we gotta have these young talent, you know, these talented riders at the track. So it was cool to see him on an XG 750. I don't know how much he's been training or fuck. I have no idea. I do talk to Brandon a little bit. He's a really good kid. Um, we both share, uh, we we're big Pokemon go players. So we're, uh, you know, it's got, oh, that's that. really cool. That's it's really very, cool. it's very cool. When you're, when you're a high level trainer, it's really cool. So, um, I haven't talked to him much about racing, but yeah, it was cool to see him out there on the XG and I was expecting more. Yeah, Brandon's a really, really good rider, and that bike's a pretty solid motorcycle. So I think I will give him a pass on this one. I think just because he's his first race back all year, everybody's been racing, and they're in the flow, and first time on the bike. So um, I'm expecting him to just get better on that bike. Like he He's finished second like three or four times against Jared and Breyer. He's very capable, and I think he'll get better. Um, Billy Ross, 12th, Michael Hill, 13th, Cisco, 14th, uh, Scooter Vernon. Cool to see him back out there in 15th, Johnny Lewis, JD, Nick Armstrong, Ryan Wells. It's a bummer. Both Royal infields. I don't know what happened to either one, but both of them didn't finish. And then yeah, pretty much the last four guys, JD actually 
fuck, dude, he, I was bummed to see that. Like I want more yeah. championship guys and JD was running third. And like me said, he was struggling and he just like, I think he just low sided. Uh, I'd have to go back and watch again, but he low sided like, and yeah. just looped it around. But, uh, I will, mm-hmm. I will commend him for picking the bike up, sprinting over, picking the bike up and getting out of the way. That's, that's a real classy move. It's it's an underrated move. It would have been very easy for JD to just kind of like lay there, take his time getting up, look for a red flag, especially a guy competing for a championship. And it's very yeah. underrated and classy for him to get up and not not bring out a red flag. And for these singles racers, amateur racers, <laughs> look at look at what JD did and fucking take some notes because there is a lot of singles and you know, amateur kids that just lay on the track and then they jump up and you know, it's not the right thing to do. And it, it's karma. It will, it'll bite you in the ass and the peers like JD's peers, guys that do that. It's definitely appreciated by the other riders when they see that it goes a long way. So, uh, sorry, JD <laughs> sucks for the finish, but yeah. you get the, uh, the class act award for the main event. That pays out. Pays out. Yeah, you're a good guy. That pays out. That's an extra check in the mail. Um, yeah, that's a wrap, man. I mean, I think it was a, a really, really interesting main event. Like I said, it was, it was unpredictable with the racetrack and what riders were going to do well. Let me bring up the points here just because it's uh, – we should talk about that, right? Uh, Dallas, 113. Meese has 96 points. It's hard to – I mean, Dallas is he has three three wins and three or sorry two wins and three second places. Yeah. Uh, obviously, with that resume so far this season, he's going to have a solid points gap over Jared Meese. And we're going into a short track. We're going into three miles. Like I've said on the pod, I mean, I think Dallas is in a really good spot right now. I think he's just got to do his thing, minimize mistakes. He's a multiple time singles champion. He's been in this position before where he knows how to manage a season. So, but also he's never had Jared Meese running second in the points where, you know, golly, man, it's, it's hard to look look, at the points and see that. I just look back at Arizona and I just think like, Oh, I wonder how much that six play. Cause if, you know, you do the math, he, if he would have finished out at third, we're going into Ventura with a much closer gap. And, uh, just wonder how much that six plate is going to come back to be a, a storyline this year. Yeah, and I like I said, I don't know. I mean, I don't see Dallas finishing finishing sixth unless he has an issue or something yeah. like Meese did. I mean, the the field is really spread out, like I've talked about. It's just not there's not as many players up front as I as as I anticipated it going into this season. I mean, occasionally you'll see it once every few races, like we saw with Vander Vanderkoy at uh, at Daytona. And I think Breyer, he's very, very capable of of getting up there and and getting getting some wins or you know being up in the mix at least. So yeah, I'm just looking at the list here. B Rob, obviously B Rob, he's good for a win or two a year. He'll be really strong at Lima once he gets healthy. He'll be he'll be very very strong as well. But even guy, even a guy like B Rob, like you have you have the short track coming up where he's still fighting an injury. You have five miles. You have three more TTs. Um, you know, the Indian is, it's really tough to compete on the miles and B Rob's not an awesome TT rider. So 
yeah, it's it's just looking at the schedule. It's it's kind of a predictable schedule here the the rest of the year. So I hope I'm wrong, and I hope we mm-hmm. see some different players up there at the front. Yep, I uh, unfortunately I just I think uh, it's going to come down to a, a two person race with uh, you know three through seven probably playing uh, spoiler, but um, that's just how she goes. Yep. Well, that's a wrap, man. I uh, appreciate you coming on again and doing a rewind pod. We had a little mixture there with Trent and Jared coming on. We I like to try and chat with the winners or if somebody wins yeah, every race, fun. then we'll uh, have to change the game plan. But it was cool to have them on and get some insight from them guys as well. And yeah, on the Ventura, right? So it'll be it'll be interesting to be see. Fun. To see, yeah, you're, fun's a good word. You're coming, right? I'm not. I'm not going. Oh, I got that's mini right, cup. That's right. Mini cup. Yep. That's right. That's right. Mini cup. I'll carry and the flag for you. You're going. That's right. Yeah. Huh. Hooligan yep. job. But we didn't talk about BTR. I want to give a shout out to Morgan Monroe for yep. back back yeah, no. and getting the win. And then also moving down, I want to give a shout out to Anna, um, Banana Anna. Um, she came out and was running with the hooligans for Daytona and Sonoya. And um you could see in this race, how far she's come as a rider. And I think that she solidifies what BTR is about. Um, she built, she trains, she races. So Anna, congratulations. I'm, I'm super proud of how you did this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. She's uh, a listener of the pod. I know that. And it's cool to, it's cool to see her like racing on her off weekends, but yeah, shout out Morgan Monroe, uh, Morgan, you know, she, I've known her for a very long time. It's, you know, just the emotion of being back out there is, yeah. is just special. Like getting, having a, her injury was very serious and she probably thought she'd never be in a position to race at an AFT event again. And just being out there, it, it just watch going back and watching that race. It just, as her, someone who's watched her ride for a long time and being a friend of her family, it's, it just, uh, was really, really like cool and heartwarming to see. And, uh, Luker, uh, Kenzie, man, she was pretty freaking quick. I, I don't, I didn't know much about her, but man, she, she had some really good laps there toward the end of the race. So man, I was surprised with, um, uh, with Kenzie Luker, uh, Zaria, she's, she's a solid rider as well. There's some really fast girls in that, in that class. I mean, it gets a lot of flack for, being boring or whatever but man i have to disagree like i i think th- there were those those i mean those bikes are not easy to ride so it's yeah, the uh, girls that they brought in this year um are all skilled riders and really added to um you know the the few holdovers that like zaria and anna and and everyone that came through and this was the best i would say package that they've put forward uh as far as racing um and to see the girls out there uh giving it all i mean it, it's great i mean it's, it's not easy to, um, train, you know, the build train race part, train someone that doesn't have a lot of race experience to race a twin, you know? So I think it was a smart move on Royal Enfield's part this year to bring in some girls that have some, uh, you know, solid, uh, background in it. And it shows with, uh, the, the new girls getting right up there, uh, at the top. So kudos to everyone on that team, um, that it's, it's a, it was a great first race. Yeah. And shout out to Jen Lewis for coming on board and, and managing that program. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like really... those videos uh, that they were putting together uh, to the lead up and after the race. I thought that was a really cool uh, element to uh, the marketing of uh, BTR. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, solid opening round for uh, the BTR class as well. So uh, shout out the ladies, man. We ain't, we ain't, we we give love to everybody, man. It was yep. uh, credit when it's due. So shout out to to that class as well. Um, fuck, man. Anything else going on before we wrap this up? Uh, what's uh, anything on tap for the weekend? Like, I mean, you're not watching playoff basketball. We already talked about that. Uh, and I the Royals relate, are like so. four and thirty right now. So you know, uh, much I know. I, I talked about. I talked to Brady uh, yesterday or the day before they had a day, they had a day game and I said, Hey man, did you guys win? He's like, no, we haven't been doing much of that lately. <laughs> I was like, shit. So <laughs> yeah, it's a, uh, it's a tough time to be, to be a uh, KC guy, I guess. Oh dude, yeah. I met, I was at the hotel, uh, road Atlanta this weekend. I walk in, I'm super tired and there's a, there's a guy He's like listening to rap music in the lobby all by himself, eating, you know, eating his dinner. And he's got a Kansas City Royals hat on. And I'm like, oh. yo, I'm like, and it was a black one. It was sick. Like I have a real, I have a similar hat. I was like, yeah, boy. I was like, Let Royals, let's go. And, and he's like, yeah. I was like, are you from KC? He's like, nah. He's like, I just think this hat's dope. He's like, I'm actually a Braves fan. I'm like, oh, you sell out. So. <laughs> I was a uh, disappointed man. I was thought we'd had a Royals fan in, in the hotel and fuck, we can't even, he had a hat on. He still wasn't a freaking fan. Yeah. I was a little bummed out. So it's all good. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't really have much uh, going on. I, the, the uh, we're doing a top end on uh, just about every goddamn bike in my garage right now. Uh, but so that's fun. Um, but yeah, that's pretty easy. Uh, chill week. Uh, it's going to actually be in the seventies out here in Spokane. So time to put away the winter jacket, time to go into the mountains and get outside. So, you know, fine. I it's like, like him, you know, man. it's winter out here, like fucking seven months a year. So I know, I know. I don't. Yeah, I just you're so sold on Washington. I'm just like I love yeah. the mountains. But you know, you also get to train year round. So, you know, definitely it definitely has its balance living in Florida and PA. I mean, if I lived somewhere warm, I too would be able to do 10 pound dumbbell curls on <laughs> my workout. So I all the all the credit dude listen man <laughs> curls curls are for the girls but they aim for the racetrack so i i like to keep her i like to keep her low weights i i didn't even know no they were even in there i thought that was hilarious you fucking no back. it's true so there is a lot of merit that if you're doing an endurance style you know activity that less weight more reps you know your your muscles aren't firing i could go into the fucking nerd shit on this but oh i know yeah i've yeah. yeah i've uh I've been doing this for a while. So like I, I was the guy who lifted heavy. Like I loved, I used to love to lift. I mean, I was a small skinny kid in high school. Yeah. So yeah, when yeah. I got out, I was just like, fuck dude. It was, it was like confidence booster being able to throw up big weights and yep. uh, it just never worked on the racetrack. And yeah. you know, you got to experience it. I mean, well, I don't know how Weston Pike always, always did what he did, man. It, it, that guy's a specimen, boy. but it never worked for me. And the more I kind of changed my program up, it, it definitely works. And, uh, I think, you know, I think it shows with like the riders I coach with Trent and, uh, and even Evan, like, I th think you're going to see a lot, a lot of that with him in the next couple of years, just fuck. It's not always what you want to do, but it's what you got to do to, to pay off. And I just don't get how some of these riders get tired in six minute races. It just blows my mind. Um, it just takes a little bit of work to figure it out and they just, 
don't, they just, a lot of them don't, they're learning now every race. Like it's, you know, yep. they're learning. So it's, uh, what, uh, what's Evan been up to? Ah, uh, not much, just riding. Like we've been riding quite a bit once or twice a week. We'll go ride moto and, uh, just, I guess getting ready for amateur nationals. I, that's kind of what we've been working on, but yep. yeah, no, nah, I'm much. He's uh homeschooled. So he does a lot of online schooling. So it's, he's actually on the same schooling program online that Shana, Brandon Robinson, um, same exact school that they took for homeschooling. So he's, he's doing that just so he can ride more. So you got to So to be a, a pro rider, to all the kids out there listening, you have to be homeschooled and you have to live out of a van. <laughs> no, 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 you, you, no, no, definitely <laughs> don't. I, I actually went to, uh, I actually went to, uh, four, four years of school and even riders yeah. like Justin Cooper and top riders in supercross, Zach Osborne, um, you know, they, they all, they all went through school. So I, it just, you need to find that balance for sure. But, yep. um, I mean, I just, I, for, for schooling, I just, it's fucking crazy how, how strict these teachers are with, you know, you need to be, you know, you can only miss so many days and getting shit. Like these parents are getting shit for taking their kids off to go racing. And I just don't think you should have to answer to a teacher when you think your, your kid should be in school. Um, that's like, that's just me. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm off, but I was one quick story before I, before we go, I was in Florida and I was riding bicycles with crews and we lived in a neighborhood where there's a school like right behind our house and there was a crossing guard and I was trying to cross the street with my son on my, on the bicycle. And she stopped me and she told me that I'm not allowed to take him across the street myself. I need to let her guide him across the street. I'm like, who the fuck are you? I, this is my, my, my son. I'm going to take him across the street if, uh, if I feel it's safe. And she, uh, I think she thought I was his brother or something. She was trying to tell me I can't take him across the street. I'm like, get out of here. So it's, uh, so I think this, living. uh, podcast, we're just going to slowly morph it into a dad, uh, podcast where we just talk about how to raise, uh, triple digits. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure what does, does Oliver go to, is he public school or yeah. 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 How's that in, in Washington? Is that awesome or? Uh, it's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the last couple of years was a little, uh, annoying. I'll leave it at that, but it, uh, finally yeah. is returning to normal, but yeah. So speaking of amateur nationals or you need to figure that shit out if you're going the whole time or not. Uh, yeah, I gotta see what it looks like for Cruz, man. I mean, he's, he, we haven't been riding a ton. I mean, he did a race over the weekend and he did all right. He won that one on the P-Dub, got second on the Honda. He looked okay, nice. but just a couple injuries, man, it really kind of, he's just get trying to get his mojo back. So yeah, I don't know if and, I feel uh, like Ray both had some injuries this year. The other little kid from Cali. Yeah. And I just don't know if I feel like sitting at amateur nationals every day, all day. So he can ride his PW for four laps, you know? So <laughs> I, I just, I struggle being a peewee dad. Just, I'm like, man, do we have to pay a hundred dollars a class so he can ride his PW in a circle literally for 10 laps of the day um, for a plastic number one plate that will collect us. And then we throw out when he's 12. So um, such a negative Nancy, but no, I mean, that's, that's the plan. So I'll be there for, I'll be the there too. 
I know. That's what I mean. At least I'll have somebody to hang out with and I can bitch yeah. about things with. So I, it's good. It's good. It's the, it's the game plan. Uh, and plus the, the miles out there to coin mile for the AFT yeah. races. So I'll be out there with the, uh, the Husky boys anyway. So. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to make sure we just shout out a few of these sponsors because without them, it wouldn't be possible. Bell Power Sports, Yamaha Motorsports and Yamaha Racing, Indian Motorcycle, Moto America, Dunlop Motorcycle Tires, Jerry Stinchfield. Huge shout out to Jerry for supporting our podcast. Um, commercialroofsystems.net. Check out his website. And I also want to give a shout out for everybody listening who wants to attend the AFT event at Adventure Raceway on May 6th out in California, SoCal. We will post, uh, I have a code, Eric. I have a discount code, AFT Events, coming on board, supporting our podcast, uh, Bob nice. from AFT Events. Yeah, he does a, I've known Bob for a while and he does a really, really good job with his job. Like he's great at what he does. He's putting in the effort and he's a podcast listener. And yeah, we're working out a deal that we're going to try and push these uh, flat track events. We want more fans, like me said, to get to these events watch it in person, enjoy the sights, the sounds, the smells of an American flat track race. So the code, if you go on the, 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 to go on and buy your tickets, the code is texter 10. Um, so if you go on, you want to save some money, you want to check out that race, um, send me a message if you don't have it and I'll send you the link with the code as well. We'll post it on our social media channels, but shout out to everybody that listens, tunes in, subscribes, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, much love. We appreciate it. Until next time, man, we out.